Hi, this is Dr. Vargas Lowy with another episode of the Child Neurology Podcast. In today's episode, I'd like to talk about natural medicine or integrative medicine, however you want to call it. Um, I like to call it integrative because uh, my approach is that I like to combine uh, what I've been taught in medical school and through my training as a pediatrician, as a neurologist, in traditional medicine, if you want to call it that way. Um, uh, but I've also learned um, a lot of uh, natural remedies. I've always been interested in what you can do with your you know, daily life, daily activities, your diet, exercising, sleep habits, etc., cetera, uh, to um, improve your health. And thus, if you have any kind of neurological condition, um, improve that condition as well. And I think the word uh, integrative medicine um, explains that well. Integrating a natural approach to medicine uh, with supplements, vitamins, exercise, meditation, relaxation techniques, etc., aromatherapies, acupuncture, all these alternative techniques that are available out there um, which in some cases have proven to be just as effective as, as medication. Um, now, that said, uh, there is actually a, a fellowship, a specialization in uh, integrative medicine, and there's people who have specific training for that, and they have a certification. I do not have a certification in integrative medicine. I just like their approach, and I uh, try to practice that kind of medicine. Um, I have worked uh, when I wasn't attending um, in, in a different place with people who had their certification and I was very interested in that and I, I learned from them. Um, but I, I am not certified so that, you know, I don't want to be misleading with that. But uh, in my practice, uh, what I do is that for certain conditions that do not require um, medication, for instance, like pharmaceutical medication, I give my patients and, and their parents advice on possible supplements that might benefit. For instance, uh, you know, there's, there's different uh, conditions in which I, I tend to use this more. Um, migraines, headaches is one of them. Um, another one would be uh, ADHD. Uh, another one could be motor tics and vocal tics. And I would say the, the last one would be sleep problems. Um, you could also talk about behavioral problems. This is a consultation that we get a lot in uh, pediatric neurology, kids who uh, have struggle at school, they have academic problems, or they struggle with their behaviors, they become irritable, aggressive, etc. And, you know, you could argue that ADHD is part of that as well. Uh, and in those cases, I like to try to use uh, a more natural approach, uh, as well as, you know, guiding the parents on on how to um, tame their kids' behavior. Um, it's not just about the substances that you can uh, prescribe for, for a patient, whether they're medication or, uh, or supplements. It's also about, you know, uh, giving uh, the parents a little bit of uh, advice, guidelines on how to approach different situations, or uh, it's a kind of therapy at home, if you, if you will. 
So uh, let me tell you my different approach to the different conditions. I'm going to talk first of all about headaches. Um, so headaches uh, can be classified in many different uh, types, as you know from uh, my headache podcast. Uh, but mainly what we see in pediatrics is tension headaches. And as the kids grow a little bit older, we see uh, a lot of migraines as well. Other types of headaches like, um, you know, the uh, cluster headaches or other um, neuralgias or neuropathic pains that we don't see, we don't see very often in, in kids. So uh, my recommendations for migraines or uh, tension headaches are, are very similar. And uh, it goes first into the um, lifestyle modifications. Um, and I've talked about this during headaches, so I'm not going to expand too much, but basically uh, having a healthy diet, a well-balanced diet, uh, sleeping enough and a good quality of sleep, exercising, uh, and then supplements. So for headaches, we typically use um, the ones that have been more studied in clinical trials are vitamin B2, riboflavin, uh, and magnesium. Um, there's a type of magnesium called magnesium L-threonate that seems to be rich and be assimilated by the brain, by the nervous system better than um, other types of magnesium like magnesium acetate, uh, magnesium aspartate, magnesium oxide, gluconate, you know, there's many different kinds. But the magnesium L-threonate seems to be uh, the one that's better um, uh, taken in by the, by the nervous system. So that's the one that I recommend. Your typical dose of uh, magnesium would be, depending on the age, between 200 and 500 milligrams a day um, that you take in the morning. Um, then uh, the other one would be the riboflavin, vitamin B2. Um, dose is very similar, between 200 for little kids to uh, 400, 500 in adult size uh, kids. And you also take once a day. And I like to um, recommend that everyone takes all their vitamins in the morning. And you can also combine these with your multivitamins. It doesn't mean that because you're taking these extra supplements, you can't take your multivitamins. The amount of magnesium and vitamin B2 in multivitamin is very small, so it, it won't make a difference. There's other supplements that can be taken for headaches. Um, they haven't been as validated in clinical trials, but some people uh, swear by them. Uh, one of them is coenzyme Q10, CoQ10. Another one would be vitamin D, uh, calcium supplements, iron supplements. These other types of supplements I, I do prescribe sometimes, but more on an individualized uh, basis. Uh, for instance, if someone has anemia, I'm going to give them iron, of course. If someone has a vitamin D deficiency, obviously we're going to replenish that. Um, if your skin color is a little bit darker, maybe I'm going to give you vitamin D during the winter months if you have headaches. Um, and if you have a low level of energy, you're constant, constantly fatigued, then may, I may throw in the, the CoQ10, which uh, helps give you a boost in your energy. Um, if you have sleeping problems, I may use melatonin uh, to help with your headache, headaches as well. There was a, uh, there was a, a, a study a few years ago that actually compared melatonin with some other kind of medication that I don't remember. It was probably uh, amitriptyline or topiramate. And it showed that melatonin was actually pretty effective in, in treating headache. So that's uh, what we basically use for, uh, in terms of 
supplements, uh, vitamins, minerals. Uh, there's herbs as well that have been studied uh, for kids. One of them is butter burr. Um, butter, like butter that you put on your toast, burr altogether, B-U-R. Um, and um, this one has also been uh, studied pretty thoroughly uh, and there's been even um, trials done with kids. Uh, the only thing that you need to know with Butterbur is that it has to be PA-free. PA stands for pyrrolizidin alkaloids. And it's a substance that's naturally present in the plant, in the root of the plant. Um, and that can cause uh, liver damage. So it's important to uh, check that it's PA-free. I don't think I've ever seen in commercial websites where you can buy uh, butterbur any that's not PA-free. Uh, but, you know, double check just in case. Another herb that we use uh, frequently for headaches is feverfew, which is a flower in the family of chamomile. And it's been used for centuries for the treatment. Initially, it was used for the treatment of fevers, but apparently it's also effective uh, for headaches. Um, there are a combination of several of the above uh, that can be easier, easier for kids to take. Uh, there's one called Migrily, for instance, that combines magnesium, um, vitamin B2 and feverfew. There's another one called Dolovent that combines magnesium, vitamin B2 and CoQ10. Uh, there's another one called Migromax that has butterbur as well. Um, and I, 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 like, I like them because it makes life easier. The only problem that I see with those is that the magnesium is not the magnesium L3 on 8 typically. Um, so in some cases, I like to at least add the magnesium L3 on 8 and maybe take a lower dose of uh, both of the combination and the magnesium and threonate. So, you know, sometimes, uh, depending on the patient, uh, you know, we play around with the combinations of different supplements to see what works better for, uh, for each one of them. Uh, so that's basically uh, for headaches, what I, what I use in terms of natural medicine. For ADHD um, and tics and motor or verbal tics, I use very similar treatments. Um, and, you know, these, and, and, and it's not, uh, and also for behavioral issues like irritability, aggressive behaviors, etc. Uh, I use I use very similar uh, approaches. I use magnesium as well, magnesium L3 and 8, um, vitamin B6, uh, pyridoxin. There's a different form of B6 called pyridoxal 5-phosphate that seems to be better for the nervous system. Um, and uh, fish oil, krill oil, any kind of source of omega-3 fatty acids. Uh, those, um, I've had good results with ADHD, uh, sometimes with ticks when they're not very severe as well. Um, but I have to say that um, in general, both for headaches, for behavioral disorders, for ticks, ADHD, uh, you name it, uh, you can't expect just taking supplements and getting better. It's a combination of uh, the supplements plus uh, therapy, uh, whether it's uh, habit rehearsal training for tics, which I talked about, or uh, whether it's uh, behavioral therapy. Um, uh, you have to, you know, like attack the condition from different angles. You can't expect just one thing to work. Even for ADHD, uh, you know, very often uh, what the American Academy of Pediatrics recommends as a first-line treatment is actually stimulants plus therapy, not stimulants alone, not therapy alone. The most effective 
way to uh, tackle ADHD is actually a combination. So, you know, that's another thing uh, which I mentioned earlier, uh, therapy, uh, that's really important for these kind of conditions. And you have to find the right kind of therapy that works for your kid. You know, the therapy for a four-year-old is not going to be the same as a therapy for a 12-year-old. Um, you know, you have to adapt the therapy. And, you know, I'm sure psychologists are, are, are very good at that. But, you know, sometimes I see cases of an eight, nine-year-old who's still doing play therapy, and obviously, that's not going to that's not going to be enough for them. So again, uh, for uh, ADHD, for behavioral issues and tics, I use these trifecta combination of uh, I prefer krill oil uh, above fish oil. So I would do krill oil, pyridoxal five phosphate, which is vitamin B six, plus um, the um, magnesium l 308 Then another big group is sleep, right? Um, and um, I think I, I have another podcast about sleep, so you can go there for more in-depth, but that's another area where I use a more natural approach to medicine. Um, and obviously the big one is melatonin. Um, and you'll see that there's uh, many different doses of melatonin from one milligram to three to even two and a half up to 10, even 12 milligrams a day. Um, I've seen a very common mistake uh, in how people take melatonin. Um, you know, they just take it at bedtime and, you know, they see that the one milligram doesn't work or maybe it works for a little bit and then they keep going up and up and up and up. Uh, you know, and I have you know, sometimes like a six-year-old taking 10, 12 milligrams. Uh, that means that there's something that's not working, right? And the reason is because melatonin, you actually have to take two to three hours before bedtime. Um, so melatonin works well, even at small doses for little kids, uh, you just need to give it at the right time. It's not a sedative. It's just a substance that helps you regulate your sleep cycle. So you have to take it about, uh, two to three hours before bedtime. So if you want your kid to go to bed at eight, give it with dinner around six, and then establish the, establish a good routine, um, for sleep, um, and uh, try to avoid screens. That's really important. Once you give the melatonin, screens are off. Uh, no cell phones, no TV, no computers, no tablets, uh, because then you're counteracting the effect of melatonin with a, with a bright blue light that, that's emitted by these devices. For sleep, I also like to use aromatherapy. And uh, one of the uh, best substances, oils, that are used in aromatherapy for sleep is lavender oil. Um, so, you know, that you can do around bedtime. You don't have to give it two to three hours before. Uh, you know, to just uh, plug the device and let it run until it runs out of, uh, of the oil uh, for the night. Uh, some people use lotions after taking a shower or a bath uh, that have lavender as well. That, that works. And then uh, there's some physical measures that you can use too. Uh, a lot of my patients use weighted blankets. I had a patient who had a weighted blanket that was like 15, 20 pounds, something like that. And it completely changed his sleeping habits. Uh, so, you know, uh, feeling something heavy that's uh, protective and cozy, uh, that's going to help you have a good night of sleep as well. There's other substances that I prescribe sometimes. Uh, Chamomile, chamomile tea can be a good one, you know, with kids, it might have a little bit of a bitter taste. Uh, make sure that it's not too hot. Uh, you can mix it with some honey 
or with some lemon or both. Uh, and typically uh, with that, it's sweet and, and good enough for, for kids to take it. The way that I like to give chamomile uh, normally is just to calm your nerves a little bit and uh, not just before going to sleep because it's probably not a strong sedative. Um, but if you have a kid who's very hyper during the whole day, um, maybe start giving him some chamomile often during the day. You know, you can prepare a large batch uh, in the morning and then offer it, uh, you know, like every three, four hours, you give him a cup of chamomile. Uh, another one that I use before bedtime, because this one is more of a strong sedative, is valerian root. Um, uh, the dose varies depending on the age and the, and the weight, uh, I would say between 100 and 600 milligrams. This one you do give at bedtime because it is going to make you sleepy. And, um, melatonin works only for, uh, falling asleep. It only helps you fall asleep. Uh, for kids who actually wake up in the middle of the night, I've found that valerian root works better. You'll find uh, other substances that are commonly used, sometimes alone, sometimes in combination, uh, like lemongrass oil, uh, passion flower, um, ashwagandha, and sometimes I prescribe um, uh, a combination. You know, they, they, they sell these um, infusions that are a, a mix of lemongrass, even melatonin sometimes is thrown in, thrown in um, uh, ashwagandha and uh, lavender, for instance. Uh, so those those are good as well. Uh, the only thing is that if you want it to be a stronger sedative, uh, I would probably go with uh, with a valerian because in the in the mixes in the combination of herbs, you would typically have a lower dose of uh, valerian root. So this is uh, pretty much what I do. Uh, and another thing to know is that. Um, in any kind of neurological uh, condition, even epilepsy, it doesn't hurt uh, to take these kind of uh, supplements. You know, some people call them brain foods. Uh, and these in combination with a healthy diet, uh, with some specific uh, triggers that you need to avoid in your diet, uh, that can actually be very helpful for any kind of uh, neurological condition in children. Another thing to consider is that there's no uh, blanket treatment that you can use with all kids with ADHD or all kids with sleep problem. Uh, there's very individual responses to different herbs. And very often uh, my patients have a combination of different conditions. Uh, and, you know, you need to make uh, an adjustment in what may work or not for them. Another thing to remember is that because they're natural and they're herbs, it doesn't mean they don't have side effects. Uh, so just to give you a few examples, uh, vitamin B2, which we use for headaches, can change the color of your urine, which is harmless, but you know, that's something that can be scary if you don't, if you don't tell your patients before, before it happens. Uh, I mentioned the PA in Butterbur that can have serious side effects. Um, the rest are pretty harmless. Parents of, uh, often ask me about melatonin, like, is it okay to give melatonin every day? And yes, it is. You're going to read about hormone imbalances, especially in girls, uh, once they have their periods. And there hasn't been any thorough study showing that it actually affects your hormone levels. Uh, but, you know, it, it is a hormone, after all, melatonin. And, um, you know, uh, if you see that while you're taking melatonin, your 
periods are being irregular, that's something that you have uh, to take into account, although uh, I've never seen it in my practice. Another example of an herb that's very widely used is St. John's wort, uh, which can have side effects, uh, especially when they interact with other medications or even with uh, contraceptive. It can give you serotonin syndrome, it can give you uh, some bleeding disorders. So, you know, uh, you always have to take into account the medications that a patient is already taking. Some of these herbs are metabolized through the liver too, uh, and many drugs are metabolized through the liver, such as contraceptives. So you have to be careful because you don't want, for instance, the effect of contraceptives to be hindered by, uh, by the herbs that you might be taking. Another uh, famous example is licorice. Uh, licorice can have side effects such as increasing your blood pressure. So if you have someone who has already uh, high blood pressure, uh, you should definitely avoid licorice. I don't typically use uh, licorice in my practice. I don't think it has many neurological benefits. I think uh, it's used mostly for digestive issues. So just to summarize, uh, in pediatric neurology, uh, we are often treating kids with conditions that are uh, not too severe or that could be approached uh, in a different way uh, with uh, medications that have a lot of side effects like stimulants and medications for ADHD, uh, medications for depression. Uh, in many cases, these can be avoided and we can actually have an alternative approach with um, lifestyle modifications, with behavioral therapy, relaxation, meditation, uh, a healthy diet with uh, the right supplements, minerals, vitamins, even herbs, uh, which we have to use uh, depending on the individual case, depending on the condition, and being aware of their possible side effects and interaction with uh, medications. So if you have any questions, please don't hesitate to contact me and I'll be happy to see your kid in my practice. Have a good day. This was Dr. Vargas Lowy, your personal child neurologist.